welcome back to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashah Shelach, and Parashah Shelach is a very um, enigmatic parasha. It really, it, it turned everything around. Till today, we're still paying for what happened on that parasha. Uh, we know that there were 12 princes of the land of the tribes of Israel and um, Moshe sent them to scout the land of Israel before they were supposed to enter. They were supposed to go in and they had to look at the land and they had to assess the land just to make sure what they were going to find once they came into the land. And the problem was that 10 of these 12 princes, except uh, Caleb and Yehoshua, came all back with bad reports and um, and they made everybody frantic and everybody was petrified and hysteria came into the camp and uh, people were crying and uh, the tragedy is that this generation of Jews that came out of Egypt that were supposed to come into the land of Israel eh, were not given, the, the Hashem took this away from them, they had to wander for 40 years in the desert Till all of them died and then Yehoshua ben Nun who was the successor of Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who eventually brought the Jewish people into the land of Israel 40 years later these were their children so there's many many different explanations to this parasha there is the mystical aspect of it and the, the educational part of it all these there's never ending. I've been teaching this parish, I don't know, for 20 years, and every year you find something new. So, uh, from the teachings of the Rebbe, the Rebbe uh, once met a professor, a university professor, and he said to him, who have two sets of bookshelves, one for holy books, Sepharim, as they're known, sacred text, and another one for secular books, it doesn't get it. He's completely wrong. It's the wrong approach, the Rebbe told him, because if a person conceives uh, the secular wisdom as being unrelated to Torah, then he won't ever understand Torah and he will never come to understand the secular wisdom. So one of the teachings of this parasha is that there's no such thing as the material, the natural order and Hashem and there's holiness and no holiness everything is God everything comes from Hashem and um, and there's something interesting in this parasha which is different from all other parashas in which it says at the beginning we see that many uh, parashas they all start and God spoke to Moses and then he, he tells Moses what he should do but in this parasha he, he says he goes he says and God spoke to Moses and he said to, to, to Moses that, uh, that uh, if you want, you can send spies to find out about the land of Israel. So every time that it, the parasha begins and God spoke to Moses, it, there's a commandment. There's a commandment that should be performed or there's something that they have to abstain from that is forbidden. Here Rashi explains, in this parasha, Hashem is giving Moshe Aliway. He's giving him free choice. He's telling him, you choose what you want to do. So this teaches us something very, very important about the, the, the approach 
that Judaism gives to personal growth and development. And we have to understand, Hashem creates a world, He creates, a, the Torah is the blueprint of creation. It's not that He created a world and He created a Torah. The world is created based on the Torah. The Torah is the archi architectural plan of the world. And we see that the Torah gives us 613 mitzvot that we have to fulfill in thought, speech, and action. You have 248 of them that are positive mitzvot, which are the ones we, we do. These are the ones we do. They come out of love for Hashem. And then we have 365 mitzvot that are uh, we abstain from doing. If we do them, we're, 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 we're sinning. We're actually committing a sin. And this one come, we, we abstain from Gebura, from, from our, our, uh, uh, our part of ourselves that is uh, strict and just. So uh, we see that Hashem also sent tests. He also sh sends tests in our life. We're always being tested. And that is to show His willpower and to give opportunity for growth. He gives us opportunity to grow. Um, and so, no matter what's going on in your life, it's always an opportunity to do the right thing. It's always an opportunity to do what Hashem desires you to do. And the, and, and the Torah teaches you what is uh, acceptable and what is not acceptable. But not everything is black and, gray, uh, black and white. There is a very big gray area in our lives. There's a very big area in which it's not either this way or that way, you can juggle it. And um, it would call this, this, this area, it would be seen as a neutral area. So you have things that are things that you have to do, that you have to uh, fulfill, and then there's things that you have to abstain from. And this is black and white. And then there's the majority of your life falls into this gray area in which you're doing things that are not either, you're not doing a mitzvah or you're not desecrating the name of God. You know, it's not either one. Like for example, if you're in your office working and you're doing paperwork and you're working, it's part. It's, you're not going one way or you're going the other. Now, if you have in that moment a test of uh, integrity in which you, you're put in a situation where you have to choose either I steal or I don't steal, then that's when the, the mitzvot comes into play. So in other words, when we're doing a mitzvah, we're serving Hashem. We're serving Hashem, and when we're abstaining from doing a mitzvah, we're serving Hashem. But when we're sinning, when we're not doing what Hashem desires from us, and when we're doing what He doesn't want us to do, we're obviously violating His will. But then, then there's this gray area in which uh, people are just living, like you go on a vacation, you're reading a book, that is a decent book, you're, you're doing permissible things in your life, things that are permissible to a Jew. And then this is where the, the, the most service to Hashem, the most opportunity to serve Hashem is there. Because yeah, when you're doing a mitzvah, it's very obvious you're doing a mitzvah or you're abstaining from doing a vera, you're, you're obviously Hashem is in your head. 
and the, or if you're sinning, obviously Hashem is in your head. You know you're doing something wrong, right? If not, you are, you're on a problem. You have a problem. But then in this area of, of greatness, that, let's call it the gray area, in which it's neither one or the other, there's also opportunity to connect to God. It's always and always an opportunity to, to connect to Hashem. So for example, you're in a beach, you're in a gorgeous beach, in a beautiful ocean, and you're in that ocean and you're just enjoying yourself, you can always put the thought of Hashem in your head and you can always look at the creation and say, wow, incredible how Hashem really made such a beautiful world so we can enjoy it. He made the world in a way that human beings can really enjoy the world. And the most beautiful things don't even cost money, like to be in the ocean. Nobody's charging you to go into the ocean. You're breathing the air. Nobody's charging you to breathe the air. The, you're looking at the blue sky. It's, it's, it's a gift from God. So in those great moments when you're able to connect to Hashem and to see that this also comes from God, like the books that the Rebbe was talking about, like there's no such thing as holy books and secular books. If you can't see a secular book with a holy mind, then you can't even learn the Torah or, or vice versa. So it says in Proverbs, King, King uh, Solomon, Shlomo, he says, know God in all your ways, which the sages comment, this small verse contains the entire Torah. What does it mean to know Hashem in all your ways? Like we'll, we'll never come to understand God. We'll never come to know God completely because Hashem is infinite and we're finite, obviously. Uh, a finite human being cannot even comprehend infinitude. But to, to what it means, and this is the secret of Judaism really, is that no matter what you're doing in your life, you can be changing a diaper of a baby. If you have Hashem in your mind at that moment, you have intention. At that moment, thank you Hashem for giving me this beautiful baby. Thank you for allowing me to have him healthy and nurture him and love him, to show him love and to feel the love of a child. Thank you. Just to say that, that you are fulfilling the everything. So, so the, the, the Rebbe teaches that, that our own affairs matter, are not mandated either way by Torah. We should know God and live his life in awareness of him. This is what it means. Know God in all your ways. Be aware that Hashem is with you 24 hours a day, all the time. He's always there. He's always there. So for example, I have a thing that every time I go into a supermarket and I'm with a cash register, I say, hello, how are you today? And they always answer, I'm good, how are you? I always answer, thank God, thank God. I always say, thank God, because it's to bring the awareness of Hashem into the world. Even if I'm paying for my groceries, I have Hashem in my head. So this gives us a different conception of the gray area outlined above. And it is not that there is good, bad, and neutral. This is not what it means. Instead, what it says is that there's a realm of conduct that are inherently connected to Hashem, which are the mitzvot, which are obvious, are 
obvious. You're giving tzedakah, you have God in your head. You're going to shul on Shabbat, you have God in your head. You're lighting your Shabbat candles, you have Hashem in your head. You're going to drink water and you're going to do a bracha, you have God in your head. If you drink the water and you don't say the bracha, then you don't have God in your head. So this is what the Rebbe is teaching us, is that there's a realm in our lives that depends on how we choose to live it and the conduct that we give to it is what's going to determine if Hashem is part of our life all day or not. Only, is he only relegated to, to the day I go to shul? Is he only relegated in my life to the moment I'm teaching Torah or that you're learning the Torah portion of the week and the rest of the week you forget about him? Or is he in front of you in every little thing you do, in every person you meet? in every situation you encounter. And this is what this, one of the teachings of this Torah portion gives us, which is so practical, so practical and so important to our lives, because it really makes a difference. It, it really makes your life a whole different life. You start living a life in which Hashem is part of your life. And He's not only there on Shabbat, or on Yom Kippur, or, or you remember him in Rosh Hashanah, or maybe in Hanukkah. No, this is a God that is very much involved in, in your life, and you're very much involved in, in, in Him. So this is the lesson that Moshe was giving in this week's Torah reading, that God commanded him that he can do, if he wants to send the, 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 the spies, the Meragim, to scout the land, he's not happy that he's doing it, like he doesn't see why they have to go. He already promised them that he's gonna bring them in and he's gonna fight the wars and he's gonna, they're gonna be able to go in. But if they feel that they have to go, okay. But what was the problem? These, these spies, when they came into the land of Israel, they didn't have God in front of them. They weren't thinking about Hashem as being part of the natural order of the world. They thought that Hashem was only part of the supernatural world. So they were living in the desert, they had this supernatural existence where they were learning Torah all day, where they were uh, being fed by the manna, by miraculous food that came to them every day from heaven. They had Miriam's well, they had the clouds of glory, they had the Mishkan, they had no mundane uh, life. They, everything was spiritual. So obviously they thought, okay, we're fulfilling the mitzvot. This is where Hashem is. This is where we find Him. And if we're going to go into this land and we're going to have to plow the land and, 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 and plant the land and, and work the land and sell the products and get into business and we're not going to be having the time that we had to learn Torah and be, and be spiritual and we're going to have to be these people of the, of the world like everybody else, then there's no God there. And they were wrong. This is the, the, this this is exactly that. This is they they were wrong. This is exactly where God wanted them. In their Sunday to Friday, six day workday. This is where He wanted them. And and this is what what's important to understand. If for Hashem would be so important that we live a spiritual existence, then we would have one day of work and six days of Shabbat. 
but this is not the way it works. We have six work days and one day of Shabbat. And maybe once in a while in the, during the year, we have the Yom Tov, the, the, the holy days of the, of the holidays. That's it. Hashem doesn't want us uh, in, a, in a cloud uh, looking at the heavens and the angels and, and thinking only spiritual things. He wants us to be in the physical world, in the mundane, in that gray area, which is very, very big, and include him in that gray area. That's the whole point. And this is what these, uh, these spies, these, these 10 priests, they were holy men, such holy men. It's incredible that they would even doubt that Hashem was not gonna be there, that they doubted that once they came into the land, that was it, Hashem would leave them there to nature, like fend for yourselves, and, and, and we'll see, and you'll see me once a week in Shabbat. That's it, bye-bye. It's like when the mother leaves the kid in the, in the school and she says, okay, I'll come back for you at three, goodbye. But that's not the way with Hashem. It's not that Hashem drops us off in school and he goes away, he's always there. So, so we see that this is a significant lesson that was, that was given to us in this parasha. And that it is exactly, precisely in this gray area where the Jew has the ability to create the most effect in the world. When you, when you tell someone, thank God, thank God, maybe you're having a terrible day, but at that moment you say, Baruch Hashem, thank God. Or someone tells you, oh, will I see you in the party next week? God willing, Bezrat Hashem, yes, if God allows, yes. You put God in front, he's always there. Or, 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 or you are gonna kiss your mezuzah, even if you're doing a mitzvah. When you're doing mitzvah, sometimes people are so, so mechanical that they, 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 they're not connected to the mitzvah. And you stop for one minute and you say, wow, Hashem is protecting me. Or when you're gonna eat something, thank you God, thank you for the food. Always have Hashem in your, in your mouth. Always have Him in your thoughts, in your speech, in your actions, in the way you behave. So the approach to divine service described above serves as a catalyst for the revelations of the era of Mashiach. This is what Mashiach is. When Mashiach comes, we're gonna be able to see divinity in everything in the world. Like if you see a chair, you're not only gonna see the chair, you're gonna see the holy aspect of the chair. You're not gonna only see the material part of the chair, you're gonna see the holiness of the chair. I heard a story today that when the Alter Rebbe, Shnir Salman of Yali, was lying in bed, he was dying, he said to his son, you see that beam in the roof? And the son said, yes, I see the beam. And the Alter Rebbe said to him, you know what, I don't see the beam. I see the holy letters that bring the beam to exist because Hashem is uttering the world at every second. He, is not, he didn't create a world. He's recreating the world at every second. Everything that exists in this world, he's recreating at every second, if we can come to understand this, but he's recreating. So there's holy letters because he, he utters the existence, it comes through speech. So he, he creates everything with speech. So when the Alter Rebbe, he was such a holy man, he, he, he had so much God in front of him all day. He, he was always there that when he was dying, he was able to see the letters that, that, that were uttered to make that beam exist. 
That's the, the, that's the level. So when Mashiach comes, this is what's gonna be. It's not that the world is gonna disappear and we're not gonna have a material world. We're gonna have a material world. We're gonna eat, we're gonna drink, we're gonna sleep. We're still gonna go to, to vacations, the same. But the difference is that we're gonna be able to see godly revelation, which in our days, is, it is concealed. It is concealed. But a person that makes it a point in his life to put God in his eyes, in everything he does, every encounter, every person that screams at him, every person that's nice at him, and God is always there, it comes from Hashem, then this is a person that is actually living in, in the Messianic era. So, so we see that to usher in this type of awareness, we must precipitate it by expand, extending our consciousness of God into all the aspects of our life, in, in our conduct especially, and by living in connection with God and recognizing His oneness, even in the gray areas mentioned above, we herald the age when there will be no more gray and there all, will only be light. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.